Good morning. I am Michael Mattis, and I pastor Saltbox Church here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Today, we're actually uh, wrapping up our beautiful Attitudes sermon series. And I want to look into the camera and extend just a warm welcome to anyone who's joining us, whether it's on a podcast or on our Facebook Live premiere, wherever you're consuming this. We want to welcome you to our little community. And uh, today, I have a very special guest, a dear friend uh, who's joining us. Her name is actually Reverend Ruth Calver. You would know her as Ruth if you know her personally, but very down to earth. But she's uh, one of the elders at Saltbox, and she is passionate and she is knowledgeable. And one of my favorite things is she's actually tackling the last of the Beatitudes. So as we tie this thing up, Ruth has, um, she was born and raised in the United Kingdom. She actually surrendered her life to Christ Jesus in Lebanon, believe it or not. And she has done so much work with the underground and the persecuted church that she is so um, fit, kind of a subject matter expert on the persecuted church. And so we've asked her to come and share with us. And uh, she is going to, no doubt, blow your mind, get out a notebook, pull your Bible out, and uh, prepare to hear from one of my dear friends and someone that I respect tremendously. We've been studying the uh, Beatitudes, or as Michael loves to tell us, beautiful attitudes for seven weeks. Today is the last one. I think you better put your seatbelts on because this one affects us too. We can't say, blessed are the persecuted, and that's the end of it. You wait and see. Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm not sure that we all think that we signed up for this. So often in the US and in the UK, it's an easy believism. Give your life to Jesus or accept him and everything will be wonderful, maybe health, wealth, prosperity, or just, just enjoy the right. Yet over and over in scripture, it says about being persecuted. And we think it's for people far, far away. And here in the Beatitudes, it says, not just for those out there, but first person, blessed are you when you are persecuted. That does make me feel very comfortable. So what is persecution? Right from the beginning of time, persecution has happened, and especially uh, in the Christian world. You look at the prophets in the Old Testament, uh, they ended up in weeping, in injury, being attacked verbally in every other way. You look at the, the disciples, only one of them lived to an old age. We think that all of them were actually martyred except for John. Then we look at the apostles and how they were beaten up, how they were ignored, how they were treated so badly when places where they went. And why did they go? They were going to share the good news of Jesus. They weren't going there to win the lottery. They were going in tough circumstances in the worst of places to serve Jesus. And then they got horribly attacked by so many. If you really want to see a picture of one of the early um, church martyrs, I encourage you, if you've got Amazon Prime, to, to look up Perpetua, P-E-R-P-E-T-U-A. And there's this young mum, I believe she was 22, just given birth, child uh, breast, uh, breastfeeding, and uh, the horror of what she faced, and yet she did it with such joy. It's so impactful and so uh, speaking to your life, I'm sure. It seems inevitable that if we live for Jesus, we will suffer, unless we want to be a wuss and not do what God wants us to do. We just want to go through and go to church maybe once a month and think we've done really well at attending church. Don't expect to be persecuted, because in many ways, I don't know that God thinks you're worth bothering with. He longs for us to really stand up and really surrender our lives to him. And if we stand out 
and speak boldly for him. We will be persecuted, but speak boldly with grace. Don't just power, power walk into people's lives. I've got two or three verses that say also about this being persecuted and what it means. And it's incredible. You know, in Romans 12, verse 14, bless those who persecute you. You may get persecuted and you feel like I'm going to biff them in the face. But God says, bless them and don't react. Don't curse them. Romans 12, verse 14, that was. In 1 Corinthians 4, verse 12, it says, we work hard with our hands. When we're cursed, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. When we're slandered, we answer kindly. I'm not sure that I come up to that standard. Uh, I want justice. But God has a different way of life for us. His world is an upside down kingdom when uh, he wants us to live by his standard and not by the standard of the world. Why have we watered down the message so much? Are we trying to make it more attractive and easier to follow? We never have promised it. Jesus said it's a narrow way, a harder way. And are we faithfully going to serve him, whatever the cost? I know I've fought him at times in my own life, particularly when the Lord brought us to America. I didn't want to leave my kids behind. But he knows the end from the beginning. And boy, I don't think they would be in the position they are spiritually today if we'd not obeyed his call. But let's get back to persecution. What is persecution? It's when we're harassed, we're plagued by people. But on our case, we may be injured, may be killed. For the sake of a religious position, it's not all about Christians. You know, Hindus will attack Muslims. Animists will attack Christians. Uh, political, uh, there can be political persecution. I remember reading a book years and years ago called Wild Swans from China. And it was the most horrendous story of, of women standing for the truth of what they believed in political ideology and how one session it would be one side of the coin would be very right wing or left wing. And uh, if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, even though you'd been a hero before, you lost your place and were horribly attacked. Christian persecution is one of the biggest human atrocities today. I would even say it's the biggest. Today, there are 260 million Christians at least in suffering the most extreme persecution. So there are many other countries where it's milder, there's persecution, but I'm talking about 216 million heavily persecuted Christians in the world. That's one in nine of the Christians across the world. 9,488 churches were attacked last year because of persecution and people trying to upset the whole um, faith of the people in that community. There are numerous people who have been imprisoned or killed for their faith. We don't know those numbers. So many of those are hidden or easily disposed of. But they're part of families and they suffer for Jesus. But now they're rejoicing. They're in heaven. They are receiving the reward of how they've lived while here on earth. For 19 years, North Korea has been the most persecuted nation in the world. 19 years with no let up. It's so almost impossible to be a Christian in uh, North Korea and survive. There was a little girl, a little girl. She was a woman, but uh, very tiny. Hei was released from prison in North Korea and she made her way to England to a conference. Very slight, very tiny, very, very thin. She was in prison for six years in a labor camp in the Gulag uh, for being a Christian. Hardly anything to eat, terrible atrocities. Uh, she met up with one or two other Christians and the only place for them to meet was in the toilets. Now, the toilets in a gulag are not uh, smelling of uh, some beautiful thing from home goods or 
somewhere else. They stank. No one wanted to be there for one second longer than they had to be. But this was the only place it was safe to worship together. And so literally any Christians would meet up and would say some promise from scripture to one another. And if they got caught, they'd be dead. We can't conceive of that. And they loved it when it rained, because when it rained, the sky, the roof was metal. And so as the rain poured down, the noise would go bang, bang, bang. And they could even try singing a little bit just to worship God together. That's what it's like. That's what it's like to be in a prison camp in North Korea. There's a, a story of another guy who was in prison in, in North Korea. And he was beaten up, hounded by the, the pris prisoners. And he was beaten and beaten and beaten unconscious. And as he lay there, comatose, they would wait till there was a little eye fluttered. And they'd wake him up and then they'd start beating and beating again. And this went on day after day. If you want more contact, more information on countries like North Korea, can I encourage you to contact Open Doors? They have a list of the 50 top countries in the world, the highest ranking countries for persecution of Christians. We all know, of course, of Otto Warmbier. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but uh, last year he, he was sent back from North Korea, having been in prison for 18 months for stealing a, a, a piece of paper. <laughs> Presumably, they said, with, um, sorry, propaganda poster. And for that, he was put in prison. They reckon he was probably comatose for about 18 months. Uh, 13, oh, sorry, 12 months, and then he was brought home after 18 months to his parents. But he only lived a few days. He was a young guy, just innocently playing about. And that's the end of his life. This is persecution. Where do we fit in? Jesus didn't come into the world just to die for us. That suffering, that coming to us to love us, to bring us to his Father God. Sometimes it's almost like it's all about us. It's all about us in the West. It's what got, you know, that we're entitled somehow to an easy life entitled to something because somehow we think we've done something to deserve it. God did not come just for us. God loved the world so much. He gave his only son that we might know him, that we might love him, that we might trust him with our lives, the whole world. I often get taken up by that verse, to whom much is given, much is required. I come from a very blessed situation, godly parents, very easy life on many ways. He longs that I live out of my safety zone, that I live boldly for him, that I do whatever he asks me to do. And that's true of all of us. Don't sit in comfort because I'm longing to win that well done, good and faithful servant when I get to heaven. We need to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters and realise that we learn from them and they just long to pray for us because their hearts are troubled because life is so easy. You know, when life is hard, you go one way or the other. You either give up or you say, I'm not going to be beaten by this. I know Jesus is with me. I'm going to walk through this. There are three groups of people specifically mentioned in Scripture that we should care for. And that's the orphan, the widow and the stranger. In other words, the foreigner. Those are the three that are specifically highlighted. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters, whether they're here as immigrants or whether they're overseas. We are family. If we've given our lives to Jesus, we are family with the most persecuted in the world. We need to care. 
How dare we ignore them? How dare we think we're, we're safe from all these awful things that people say about what it is to be persecuted as a Christian? People I've met who are happiest in the world, happiest, I don't like that word, joyful, so long to just be together, to worship together, to pray, to read their Bibles. I've, you've never seen people read their Bibles like Iranians. Unless, of course, you're at the Wailing Wall in Israel and you see the Jewish Orthodox with, with the Talmud. But it's incredible what God is doing. The Bible becomes so alive. I know some of you are really, are really suffering here. And a lot of that is because of your Christian faith. Maybe you've been married and your husband doesn't love Jesus and you're divorced and you're going through tremendous opposition and heartache. Jesus understands you and your suffering and he wants to walk through it with you. Maybe the only Christian in your family and everyone has a good old laugh at Thanksgiving and Christmas and love to have a mock at you and belittle you. That's what it's like to be a little bit persecuted as many of your brothers and sisters are. Maybe you're at school and you're bullied because, well, you won't play soccer on a Sunday because your mum and dad say you need to be in church. That's hard. But Jesus loves you and he walks with you. Maybe you're being gossiped about by other Christians. They're trying to bring your, you down. They're trying to castigate your name. That's hard. But do we stand and say, Jesus, I love you. Give me the strength and the grace to walk with you in these toughest of times. We need to pray more. To know that our Lord is with us and he never lets go of us. The joy of serving him and walking with him. How could we possibly say that the persecuted be called blessed? God is doing amazing things in the world. Amazing things. And... Uh, I just got a story straight from Iran. This is brilliant. It was a drug addict. And he thought, I need money to get some more drugs. So he, he stole a handbag from somebody. Took it off, down the road, opened up the handbag. All that was inside was a New Testament. Furious he is, he throws it down. Goes to something at his mum and dad's house. Sees a handbag. Steals it. No, no, not another flipping red New Testament, but there it was. He'd so needed to get more drugs. So he read a few pages in this New Testament thinking, why has this appeared in Iran where New Testaments are very hard to find? Second time. So then he went out in the street and said, I've got to find some way of getting my drugs. And one of the Iranian trainees with Christians who come to Christ in Iran, they're often trained for three months in the basics of the Christian faith. And there was one of them out on the streets telling people about Jesus. And he bumped straight into his drug addict. And he thought, oh, third time, I'd better listen. And this lovely Christian guy led our friend to Jesus. And now he's being discipled by this guy who met him on the street. Exciting things happen. They expect to see God do things. They expect to work not just in words and works, but wonders too. So many of them came to Christ by being in their home in the middle of nowhere and having a dream or a vision and God revealing himself to them right there in their home. They are so committed to prayer. They will pray all night. That communion, that fellowship of being with their brothers and sisters, it's so tangible, it's so real. There's so much laughter. There's so much fun. There's so much devotion. There's so much kneeling on the floor and just weeping before the Lord. There's so many meals together. There's... They just want to be together. So many of them are totally isolated from physical family. 
because coming to Jesus is such an, a horrendous thing to happen in an Islamic home. That means you're cut off. You have no more connection with your family. But they'll do this because they love Jesus. They live in that total assurance that back in that beatitude, when Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because they've loved Jesus, they've committed their lives to him and they want to live for him totally. But theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's no, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven or not. There's not any sort of, well, I'm not sure that I feel like meeting with the brothers and sisters at the church today. Or, mm, I'm going to give it up for a week or so. No, there's that impetus to get together, to worship. I look on and almost think I could go through these things in order to have the joy that they have. They pray for us because life is so relatively easy here in the US. And they pray for us that we will not just skip through life in the easiest way we can, but that we will surrender our lives fully to him. May we actually do so. And I, I've met so many people who have gone through terrible things. My husband Clive and I, we were in India and we were at a Bible college that we were supporting at our church from Connecticut. And that day, one of the students in the college, his name was Lucky, but he wasn't lucky humanly. He had gone out in the community evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. And he knocked on this house, the door of a house and they opened the door and they took him upstairs and they looked as if they were really interested and they started talking to him. And then suddenly they grabbed this young lad who was 21, I believe, and threw him over the banister to the floor below. Lucky was very badly injured. He did survive, taken to hospital. And uh, he's in hospital and he was able to just about speak and he said, I'm going back. I'm going back. This isn't going to stop me. I'm going back. That's why I love the persecuted church. They keep on going. When I would have given up hours and hours ago, thinking, why should people be beating up? And then scripturally says, then I've got to bless them. Is this possible? But with God it is. If we want to live fully for him. There were two Christian girls sitting in their home in Pakistan. Suddenly the door opens. And in walks someone and grabs one of the girls and takes her. She's not been seen again to this day. There were two sisters in Iran at home having dinner with their family. Again, secret service came in and they whisked off one of the girls. The family gets down on the floor and they're weeping and seeking God's face and they're crying out for the sister and longing that she comes back. Two hours later, they come, the secret service comes back again and take the other girl. This it's a sort of everyday occurrence that we do not have to face. 269 mainly Christians in Sri Lanka went to church on Easter Sunday last year, 2019. Those 269 never came home because they were blown apart by bombs set by Islamic extremists. I have a very special friend. I was at a conference and uh, there was a powerful video of this girl and told the story of a woman who was one of the leaders in a local small house church in Iran. Once upon a time, you, when Clive first went to Iran, you were able to meet in big crowds, but that's no longer the case. Most of our Christian brothers and sisters in Iran are in literally less than five or six people and many are totally alone. And the only way they have fellowship is over the internet. But my friend was in this small, uh, small little gathering and six o'clock in the morning, 
the door is pounded by the Secret Service and she's whisked off to prison. And when she gets to prison, she's put into isolation. Her clothes are removed. She has some rag. She's thrown into a cell that was less than five feet across. Now, my friend is possibly five feet two, if that. And she didn't have room to actually lie up straight in this tiny little cell. Her only bedding was a filthy, dirty blanket on the floor. There was nothing else. And uh, she'd been beaten up and she was just thrown into the cell. And she laid on the floor in these terrible circumstances and she screamed out, God, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I love you. I've served you. I cannot do this. This is too much. Please, Jesus, help me. Help me. And as she did it, the walls of the cave, of the cell, rather like a cave, came down. And as the walls came down, there was Jesus. And Jesus said, yes, you can do this. I'm as here with you as much as I was outside. We can do this together. Come on. I am walk with you. I am with you. It won't be easy, but I will never let go of you. My dear friend, for four months, was in isolation. Every day she was taken blindfolded and was brutalised in every way you can think. At the end of the four months, bruised and battered and broken, but not her spirit broken, she was let out into the main prison. And these Iranians, they're absolutely hopeless. If you tell them not to do something, they'll do it. And of course, she was told not to tell anyone about Jesus. And what did she do? She led 40 of the other inmates to prison. To, in prison to Jesus, including one of the prison officers, who she baptised in the shower. These are exciting stories. The church on the move, this is what church should be, the like church working in fellowship, enjoying one another, being friends, having food together, just living for Jesus every minute of the day. It was interesting, last night I wrote to this friend. This afternoon I got an email from her. Very excited. She said, oh, I was just writing you an email last night. And then you, I woke up and there you are, you've written to me. It's just so precious to have such close fellowship, people living in such tough circumstances. What's our responsibility? You can always buy Bibles, give money. I am very committed to a ministry called Elan, E-L-A-N. And Elan works with Christians in Iran and obviously many who aren't Christians who are going to come to know Jesus and in the wider Iranian area. And this is worth gold in Iran. A friend of ours, he pleaded for a New Testament. He got it. He was the seventh person to get the same New Testament. He was horrified when he got it because it was written on pages were missing, all sorts of things. He devoured it. He was literally devouring it and not taking his eyes off it. The word of God means so much. It's life. They've been under bondage. They've been under death. And Jesus has met them and they have surrendered their lives to him and they're on fire for him. So we can give. And that's not just for Iran. Find a ministry like Open Doors. Research what they're doing in, in many countries, including North Korea. See the 15 most persecuted nations in the world. It's tough tough business to be in but I've always felt when I get to heaven I'm going to be lucky to be in on that door because these brothers and sisters and Mike have endured so much God is just going to pour out those rewards on them and welcome them good and faithful kids children of mine come home 
to the rewards that you deserve. We are to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Pray for them. And I don't mean 10 minutes once a year. I really pray. Where's the Lord putting your heart? And it may not be persecuted world as we think. It may not be the Asians and some Malias and the Libyas and Tunisias and all these other countries. It could be somewhere like Spain or Greece or somewhere that isn't actually very Christ-centered. Get involved with some other people outside of America or outside of Britain, if you're from Britain. Get busy, get your hands dirty, start caring for the world outside. We're part of it. We're family. Read up on other faiths. Don't be ignorant. Be educated. Read Christian biographies of people who suffered for him. Know that heaven lies ahead. You know, we live so often. I wonder how often we think of heaven. We think maybe, what, what are we going to have for dinner? Or where can I bet my nice outfit for some dinner? Or We get so caught up with the things of this earth. We are here to meet Jesus. Heaven glows ahead. But do we go thinking, I don't want to meet someone from a persecuted church because I've never met one. So what do I do when I meet them in heaven? Do I get embarrassed and look the other way? Let's be educated. Let's learn. Let's stand together. Let's be family across the world. In any way, we can be more educated, more understanding, more concerned. And may we learn some of those lessons that many of our brothers and sisters have learned almost from the minute they gave their life to Jesus. Let's bless those who persecute us. Those relationships we have here in the US that aren't healthy, that aren't happy. Let's bless them and not curse. Let's be the children of God that he longs us to be. Let me read by read, end by reading those same verses from the Beatitudes. I find it fascinating that this is the only one that is two-pronged. The others are all about the third. Blessed are the pure. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus moves from peacemakers to persecutors. Uh, quite an interesting transition. And maybe we need to hold that in balance that uh, when we're trying to be peacemakers and people don't want to reconcile, we have to let it go. And we may be persecuted, but let's not curse, but bless. Matthew 5, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because they're deeply in love with Jesus and serving him. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May we each go forward saying, Lord Jesus, my life is not as it should be. My faith is very weak and very wibbly. Moves around if I go through tough times. May we seek the Lord's face and say, Lord, we're sorry for how often we've let you down. We want to live to your glory. We want to stand with our brothers and sisters who are, if they, some of them may not live tonight, but they're living for your glory. May we realise what it is to be brothers and sisters of the family of God. God bless you. Each one, stand strong.
That was so good. I love hearing from Ruth, and I walk away always inspired by not only what she shares, but the, the relationship and the stories that she tells of changed lives. You know, if you're here today and, and you're gathering with us in an online form, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I mean, really given everything to him, there's, there's a number on your screen. Would you call us? We'd love to pray with you. It's a, it's a simple prayer journey, but it is a very a significant act and step where you give your whole life to him. But this really is a God who loves you and who cares for you and, and wants the best for you, even in the persecution, even in the difficulty. As you go from this place, may you go grasping more fully the love of God the Father. May you go knowing more deeply the, the love and pursuit of the Son, Jesus. And may you go being full of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We'll be here again next week, and we want to bless you in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Amen.